This programme was produced at and first aired on NPR, Manawatu People's Radio, with support from New Zealand On Air. Kapai Irarangi Tomotu, NPR. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. And welcome to Amazing Grace for another week. You're joined by me and my name is Lynette and my husband also will be joining us today. I pray you will be blessed. Here at Amazing Grace, we want to hear from you and we also have free giveaways. The book Steps to Christ, which um, is a great, great read, and the book that you'll find here locally in Palmerston North, The Signs Magazine, a little magazine, tiny but packed full with punchy articles on health and family issues we face in life every day. And we would also love to hear from you. And we are happy to pray for you or a friend or family member off air or on air. And you can contact us by email at info at mpr.nz, info at mpr.nz, or text on 022 You know, friend, I've decided that God is my medicine. Let me explain. Last Monday, we were into a one in, well, we were into a a six day hike, um, one and a half days into it, when I un- had an unexpected fall and uh, got a twenty centimeter gash in my head, which led to a, a unplanned helicopter rescue and flying to Hastings Hospital where I had general surgery and lots of tests and stuff and very good care by the local doctors and nurses and I was discharged the following day which was Tuesday afternoon. Had another visit to the local hospital here, the ED department where um, they thought that I might need a CD scan. So six hours later, and it was about 2.30 in the morning, I was really pleased to be coming home. However, so over the course of last week, I didn't have a lot of pain. But until it came to like Friday, I was starting to have uh, pain in my head, and I'm, I'm really convinced that God was just really um, helping me with that um, and it, 
it didn't really kick until then. And also side effects of or side effects or symptoms of head injury. I was feeling down, I was um crying and feeling yeah, just feeling down and I finally got to have some time um one on one with God and reading the Bible and I looked at Hebrews chapter two and I just was really impressed that Jesus really understood what I was going through. And I read some things that were really encouraging and uh, I'd invite you listener to check out Hebrews 4, 14 to 16 as well. But um, just read some things that I wrote down in my journal. I said, Lord, what are your spiritual de- delights that are far better than chocolate? And peace popped into my head and I thought of the, the verse came, um, the peace of God that transcends or is beyond understanding shall guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Yes, I was um, discovering that God is the best medicine. And and I was being reassured that he was like cradling me in his arms and that he understood. Versus Isaiah 53, I went to Isaiah 53 because I thought, yeah, you know, um, surely, verse 4 says, surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet it was our weaknesses he carried, it was our sorrows that weighed him down, the New Living Translation says. And the CEV um, version says, He suffered and endured great pain for us. Yeah, so what I was going through was nothing compared to what Jesus had gone through, which he willingly chose to go through. I, It was not my plan to go through this um, pain, but it was, it was great of the, it was the great plan of salvation that Jesus would go through the pain of Calvary and he willingly chose to do it he didn't have to he willingly chose to do it to save and rescue us yeah so just some sorts thoughts there and a verse uh, well a few verses that really um jumped out at me was Psalms 36, 7 to 11, and verse 9 says, For with you is the fountain of life, and in your light we see light. So I'd really recommend to you, dear listener, that I am rediscovering all over again that nowhere else can you find peace, assurance, purpose, meaning, hope, and incredible love. You are loved beyond measure, beyond comprehension by the God of the universe who wants to be close to you, your closest friend. Let's pray. Dear, awesome, heavenly Father, we thank you for allowing and sending your son Jesus We thank you for his amazing love. We thank you for your amazing grace and your mercy. We thank you for protection and um, for watching over me that I wasn't hurt a whole lot more. 
and um, we just give this program to you and we just pray that you will speak to each of those who listen and speak to all of us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I've been able to find a song that is actually Psalm 36 and a lot of um, cool verses in there are actually in this song. So sit back and enjoy. The song is by Matthew Ward and it is called Drink Deep. We've been reading the book Live More Happy by Dr. Darren Morton and it is about health 
and about our emotions. But I just just um, had a thought. My husband said to me earlier yesterday, he was amazed how quickly I was bouncing back after this uh, accident. And I'm sure it has got a lot to do with uh, the fact that I've tried to live a healthy lifestyle following the eight keys of, um, well, the eight laws of natural health, uh, you know, um, a good diet, a vegan diet, exercise, sleep, some of those. But, yeah, I'm just, I am feeling a whole lot better than I was this time last week. But now to the next chapter in Live More Happy, and the chapter's called Feelings Follow Your Focus. Look at the positive. And um, Dr. Morton says, We have learned about the limbo, our feeling brain, and we have learned about the leader, our thinking brain. Two parts in our brain. But let me give you an insight into how my crazy limbo and leader can be a bad influence on each other. Not long after my wife and I were married, he says, before kids came along, I was wondering, wandering past the television when a particular image caught my eye. The image was that of worms, those nasty gastrointestinal parasites. I had no interest in the television show, so kept on about my business, but the image stuck. That night, as I closed my eyes to go to sleep, Dr. Morton says, it was like a big screen had been erected at the back of my eyelids. The image just wouldn't go away, and my leader couldn't stop thinking about it. But then things got worse. My limbo got in on the act and I started to feel a bit queasy in my belly. Before long, my leader thought I had worms and my limbo felt like I did. Since there was no way I was going shopping to ask for worming tablets, I tried to give up on the idea. But I couldn't stop thinking and feeling that something needed to be done. Isn't that amazing? I knew the local shop sold worming tablets, but the thought that I might know someone there made me feel uneasy. So I drove to the next town. <laughs> As I walked in, there was a long counter at which a woman was serving several people. I took my place at the far end of the counter. When at last the woman asked if she could help me, I found myself talking very softly, so she was drawn toward me and away from the crowd. As I was about to articulate the words, I found myself thinking that if I were to ask for worming tablets, the woman would surmise that I had worms, and that made me feel embarrassed. So I found myself saying, could I please get a family worming kit? I don't even know what that means. You need a kit for it, but it made it sound like it wasn't really for me, that I wasn't just 
caring for the gastrointestinal, that I was just caring for the gastrointestinal well-being of my family. The woman seemed a little puzzled. Clearly, she had never heard it referred to as a kit either, but she got the idea enough and asked, Okay, how many in your family? It is here that I feel ashamed to continue the story. Of course, I couldn't say one, (laughs) as this would have blown my cover. And while two was the correct answer, the thought occurred to me that if I did say two, the woman would assume there was an even chance that I was the one with the worms. (laughs) Feeling somewhat anxious, I found myself answering three hoping that would be the end of it and I could just get on good sorry I could just get out of there but that wasn't to be so can I select the right product she replied so can sorry that doesn't make sense I read it again that sentence so I can select the right product she replied I have just a couple of questions. I began to squirm. So when you say three, would that be yourself, wife and child? She quizzed. Yes, I replied sheepishly. Sheepishly. So how old is your child? (laughs) Now I was feeling very anxious and my thoughts were running away. Four years old, I replied. A big smile erupted on her face. I was about to learn that she really liked kids. Out of genuine interest, first she wanted to know if it was a girl or a boy. Obviously it was a little girl. I had always wanted to pretend to have a little girl. And her name, she asked with delight. I was impressed with how quickly Sophie rolled off my tongue, albeit ashamed at how rapidly I had adapted to this lying business. To cut a long story short, by the time I exited the shop with my family worming kit, the woman was looking forward to meeting little Sophie, who just loved to wear anything pink and carried a panda teddy around with her everywhere, even on the one day each week that she went to preschool. Oh dear. Following feelings follow focus. Can you identify with my crazy situation? The doctor says, have your thoughts and feelings ever spiraled you out of control? There is a good reason why this happens. Our limbo is wired to the front portion of our leader, part of our brain, also known as the frontal cortex. This part of the leader is responsible for higher order thinking, for what we give our attention to and focus on. Hence, what we think about affects how we feel. Or, to put it succinctly, feelings follow our focus. So that would have been a real screen to be a fly on the wall listening to um, Dr. Morton trying to figure out how he was going to get worming tablets when he probably didn't even need them. But yeah, what a story, but very interesting. Feelings follow focus right so now we're going to have another song and it is from the cd uh the glorious christ and the song is called jesus your mercy
Welcome back to Amazing Grace. And just a reminder that we would love to hear from you and you can contact us by email on info at mpr.nz or text on 022 
6815216 and we'd love to hear from you your feedback or prayer requests we're happy to pray for you or a friend or family member off air or on air if you want and we do have some free giveaways if you check out the local takeaways here in Palmerston North you'll find the little punchy signs magazine full of health family um, articles and issues that we face in life every day and also the book Steps to Christ and we're just going to break for our ad now ad break if you're a fan of NPR listening to our podcasts and live stream has never been easier just search for accessmedia.nz on the App Store or Google Play and download the app with the Kiwi Fruit logo. Once you've got it, pick Manawatu People's Radio from the list of stations and go find your new favourite show. Support this show and others like it by giving a donation. For more information, go to www.mpr.nz forward slash donate. Yeah, so welcome back to Amazing Grace. Dennis is going to be joining us now, and he is continuing on a very interesting, in-depth look at the book of Revelation, and today's topic is Revelation 6, the fifth seal. Thanks, Dennis. Right, it's um, good to be with you folks today. And the book of Revelation is such a um, interesting book. It's a real blessing in um, in reading and listening to the book of Revelation. Now, last time we were talking about um, the seals, seal um, two to four, and <clears throat> I just want to summarise um, those seals. But the first one, I'd like to summarise the first one, and which is Revelation six and verse two, and it says um, Jesus wants to conquer. He wants to conquer our hearts. He's bent on conquest, and he will never give up. Um, to there is no hope of you coming to him. Whoever, the great thing is that he loves us. He has made us. He has died for us. Isn't that wonderful? Now I was <clears throat> reading through my Bible, and I came across Isaiah forty-three verse four, and it says. Since you are precious and honoured in my sight, because I love you. Isn't that that lovely? And and the contemporary English version says it this way, To me, you are very dear and I love you. And when you read in Ephesians um, 2 and verse 4, it says, His great love for us, God who is rich in mercy. So you and I can put our name in there, um, Dennis. Um, or Lynette is precious to God and he loves us. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. It's really wonderful, isn't it? it now, is. just a <coughs> summary of uh, CO2 um, to 4. Uh, <coughs> now, there are consequences for rejecting um, the gospel. And this is what we see in the seals, um, CO2 to seal four. Now, the second seal, they end up with no peace, no peace. And as it says in Isaiah 
um, 48.22, there is no peace to the lost. And <clears throat> see or three, there is a famine, a famine for the word of God. Um, so spiritual drought. And then the, the last seal is the fourth seal that we mentioned last time and it deals about death. And um, I love what John Bunyan said he, on, on the verse, um, the wages of sin is death. And John Bunyan said to the devil, I can't live on those wages. I thought that was really good. So a summary of the, the seal, the seals, two to four, trace the progressive hardening of the lost as they continue to resist the gospel, the good news of the rider on the white horse. So that's basically, um, in a summary, what the first four are about. So the gospel um, of the white horse wants to conquer our hearts. Our hearts he wants to conquer because he knows what's best for us. So today we're going to just talk about the fifth seal. And we're just summarising, really, and I'm going to ask Lynette now if she could um, read the um, fifth seal, which is Revelation 6, 9 to 11. Okay, Revelation 6 and 9 to 11 says, When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, until you judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? Then a white robe was given to each of them, and it was said of them, said to them that they should rest a little while longer until both the number of their fellow servants and their brethren who would be killed as they were, was completed. Right, thank you. Um, we'll, we'll read those verses again. We'll just do one verse at a time. But I've, I've mentioned um, before that in, in the book of Revelation, you have seven churches, seven seals, seven trumpets, seven plagues. And it's interesting that um, <clears throat> the... Now, let me read from my notes here... Um, Yes, the seven seals, the seven trumpets, the seven plagues all had cancelled co conclusions. You get to the end of the sixth and you think you're at the end, then it opens up into another seven. Seven seals open up into seven trumpets. Seven trumpets open up into seven plagues. So you get cancelled conclusions. The process in these sets of seven is that the fifth sets the stage for the impending final crisis, so we're looking, we're looking at the fifth seal today, and uh, the fifth sets the stage for the impending final crisis, and the sixth gives you the impending final crisis. Then the seven, you have the ushering. Um, you ushered into the eternal rest. Now, when you look at Jesus. Um, the fifth day of Jesus was the Thursday, 
And there we have the preparation for the final crisis. We have the the Lord's Supper. The Lord's Supper. Um, And then uh, the sixth day you had the cross. Um, And the final crisis with Jesus. And then the seventh day or the seventh hour he entered into rest. Rest. Eternal rest. So that's how the pattern follows in the book of Revelation. Now, <clears throat> well, I like, Lynette, if you could read again Revelation 6 and verse 9. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So Revelation 6, 9 says, When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. Right. <clears throat> so <laughs> people were not um, under the altar crying out. It's symbolic language. Um, and just like to explain it a wee bit, um, down through history there has been um, millions of martyrs and their blood cries for justice and revenge now, where else do we hear um, or see this in the Bible, which is interesting? Now, um, I'd like to go back to Genesis 4 and verse 10. If, Lynette, if you could read that, Genesis mm-hmm. 4 and verse 10. And he said, What have you done? The voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Right, it cries, the blood cries in the ground. Does it say anything more than that? No, it doesn't, does it? No. Right, so the blood cries from the ground. Cain um, should get justice. But it's interesting, it says in Hebrews that Jesus' blood is better than Abel's. Why is it better than Abel's? Right, does Jesus' blood cry for justice? It cries for forgiveness, doesn't it? Jesus died on the cross so that he can forgive you and me. Lord, we've all broken his law. He loves us all. And he He wants us all to be eternally saved. And he has come to this world. He has died upon a cross for our sins so that we can have forgiveness. But the cry in Genesis 6 and um, the cry in in um, no the the cry in Revelation six I should say and the cry in Genesis four is a cry for justice. They've been they've been killed. Um, they shouldn't have been killed. It was wrong for the people who killed them, and it's crying for justice. So um, if I can get you to read in um, verses. Um, yeah, we'll just we'll, we'll read this and then we'll have a song, eh? And then we'll talk about it. Mm-hmm. So, um, if you could read Genesis four, thirteen to fifteen, please. Mm-hmm. And Cain said to the Lord, "My punishment is greater than I can bear. Surely you have driven me out this day from the face of the ground." I shall be hidden from your face. I shall be a fugitive and a vagabond on the earth. 
and it will happen that anyone who finds me will kill me. And the Lord said to him, Therefore, whoever kills Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord set a mark on Cain, lest anyone finding him should kill him. Right. <clears throat> That's an interesting verse, isn't it? Mm. So, or verses, I should say. Um, we're going to have a break, mm-hmm. or should we explain this bit here? Maybe we'll just explain it and then have a break. Um, so it's really interesting what it says. It says there that his punishment, um, what's it say? His punishment was that he would be, um, <coughs> where is it? A vagabond and a fugitive yes. on the earth. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So um, <coughs> he says, he says, I will be hidden from your presence. Uh, I'll be a restless wanderer on the earth. And whoever finds me will kill me. So that's what Cain said. He said the punishment is too great for me. Now it's really interesting that everywhere in the Bible it's all about God. Even though this says about Cain's punishment. Cain should have died for what he did, killing his brother. The Bible says um, if a man kills another man, um, his blood is required. But um, it's really interesting. I, I, I was listening to a talk by Timothy Keller, and I've written it in my Bible. And um, this is what he says, um, and how, how Jesus took our place. It says, I will be hidden from your presence. So Jesus on the cross said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So Cain felt like that he would be forsaken of God, you know. And Jesus, he experienced that. He was forsaken of God. And then the second point is, um, I will be a restless wanderer on the earth. And in Matthew 8, 20, um, it says, The Son of Man has nowhere to lie, uh, lay his head. Um, and then the last thing, uh, the last point, Whoever finds me will kill me. Jesus was crucified, wasn't he? Um, he, he? He was killed. He was killed. So Jesus took the punishment of Cain. And his blood is better than Abel's. Abel's cries for justice, but God's blood cries for forgiveness. Isn't that good? Mm. It's really good, isn't mm. it? It is, yep. So we'll have a break now. Yep, we'll have um, our next song, and it's what we need to do when we're in trouble and when we're in joy. Turn to Jesus. So, And it's called Turn to You by Selah. to blow When I'm empty and alone I turn to you When there's hardness in my heart I can't see 
Welcome back um, to our talk on the fifth seal of Revelation. Revelation is a, is a book of hope. Um, it's very realistic, though. It tells us it doesn't hide anything. The Bible doesn't hide anything. Now, I'm going to read from Revelation um, 6 and verse 10. This is in the fifth seal, and it says, And they cried out with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, unto you judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? So, <clears throat> I'll just mention a wee bit about this. Now, you always use the Bible as its own interpreter. So, I'm just, you know, there's plenty of places in the Bible where it says how long. But I'm going to get um, Lynette to read from Revelation, I oh, know, from Psalms 13, 1 to 5. Thank you. Okay. So, it says, How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? How long will my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and hear me, O Lord, my God, enlighten my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death, lest my enemy say, I have prevailed against him. Least those who trouble me rejoice when I am lifted up. But I have trusted in your mercy. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. Right, very good. <clears throat> so David there is crying out, How long, how long, how long? It's a number of times there. <clears throat> now, I've got a... I've got a um, a little devotional book by Timothy Keller. It's called The Songs of Jesus. Now, it's just going through each of the Psalms, and uh, it's just a devotional, and it's really worth having. And this is what he says about um, these few verses. And he says, David is in agony. He can't feel the presence of God, and he cries out to God. Um, has, has God ignored his pain and his sorrow? Um, so this is very common feeling in the Bible, but it goes on to say that David never stopped praying. However, however, and that is the key, as long as we howl towards God and remember his salvation by grace, we will end at the place of peace. If Christians do that by hearing, um, Jesus praying in verse 1 to 4 on the cross, losing his father's face as he paid for our sins, we'll be able to pray verses 5 and 6. So that's an interesting thought. Now, um, another good place when you're reading the Psalms is to go to Charles Spurgeon's commentary. Now, he wrote um, three volumes <clears> of... <throat> on the Psalms, three volumes, I've got them all, but you can get them all online. Now, this is a quote from Andrew Fuller, and it's talking about when we are tested through trials, and it says, it is not under the sharpest, but the longest trials that we are most in danger of fainting. In the first case, the soul collects all its strength and it feels its earnestness to call from help from above. 
But in the last, the mind relaxed and he sinks into despondency. When Job was accosted with evil tidings in quick succession, he bore it with the becoming fortitude. But when he could see no end to his trouble, he sunk under them. So we've got to keep our eyes on Jesus. He's the one who can help us in every situation. And uh, <clears throat> it's really good looking at stories. Um, it's interesting looking at the story of William, uh, no, what was his name? Um, he was from uh, Romania, and he started the Voice of the Martyrs, Richard Wimbering. He was 14 years in jail and tortured and through all sorts of experiences. But <clears throat> he held on to God, and that's what we need to do. Now I want to um, I want to read the, the last verse that um, on the sixth seal, and maybe I'll get Lynette to read it. If you read verse um, eleven, please. And what? Um, six verse eleven. Six verse eleven. Six verse eleven. Here we go. Then a white robe was given to each of them. And it was said to them that they should rest a little while longer until both the number of their fellow servants and their brethren who would be killed as they were was completed. That's pretty, a pretty full-on verse, isn't it? Yeah, it is a pretty full-on verse. So mm. the Bible's very uh, realistic. So that's talking about the final crisis ahead. So the fifth seal is talking about uh, the preparation for the final crisis. Now, in the book of Revelation, <clears throat> there's a number of verses that tell us that um, there's going to be a lot of persecution in the end for um for, for believers, a lot of trouble for everyone actually, a believer or, or non-believers. Um, and I, I'm just going to read a few verses. I'm going to read Revelation 12 um, in verse 11. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death. Therefore rejoice, O heaven, and you that dwell therein. But woe to the inhabitants of the earth. Um, and the sea, for the devil has come down on you because he has great wrath and because he knows that he has a short time. So when the final crisis comes, the devil knows that his time is short and he's going to persecute. Now, another verse, and when you go to Revelation 13 and verse 15, this is the final crisis, and it says... Talking about the the beast, you have two beasts, one that comes out of the sea and one that comes out of the earth, and it says, He was granted power to give breath unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many who would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. <coughs> Right, so there's many more there, um, and I, I could read them, but we've run out of time, and I just want to read um, a couple last thoughts. I want to read from Daniel. Daniel. So, you know, the Bible says in uh, Revelation 2, verse 13, to be faithful, or verse 10, Revelation 2, verse 10, be faithful unto death. 
And at that time, Michael shall stand up, the great prince who stands watch over the sons of your people. And there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation. And even at that time, and at that time, your people shall be delivered. Everyone found written in the book. And then it says, many who, many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting contempt. And it says that the wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament, and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. Isn't that wonderful? Now, the idea of being martyrs is not a, a, a wonderful idea, but <clears throat> I just want to read one. Many years ago, uh, well, two, not that many years ago, 2017, we went um, to um, Prague, and that's the place where John Huss comes from. And uh, um, he was martyred in Constance, and I just want to um, read what he says here when he was delivered up to be burned. It says, He was now delivered up to the secret authorities. He was led away to the place of execution. An immense procession followed him, hundreds of men in arms, priests and bishops in their costly robes and the inhabitants of Constantine. And when he had been fastened to the stake and all was ready for the fire to be lighted, the martyr was once more exhorted to save uh, save himself by renouncing his errors. What errors, said Huss, shall I renounce? I know myself guilty of none. I call God to be a witness that all that I have written and preached with the view of resting souls from sin and perdition. Therefore, most joyfully will I confirm with my blood the truth that I have written and preached. And when the flames kindled about him, he began to sing, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And so continued to his voice was silent forever. So he died a hero. He died a hero. I, I read in William Barclay, um, a martyr smiled in the flames and he asked him why he smiled. I saw the glory of God, he said, and I was glad. Isn't that great? So God can strengthen us for whatever we need. So Anyhow, we've run out of time as usual. Um, the Bible's a wonderful book. So God bless you. Thank you, Dennis. So, yeah, just before we finish, we we would um, really encourage you to get in touch with us and share your thoughts and maybe answers to prayer or any um, thoughts that have blessed you that we've shared or any feedback that you want to share. So so from all of us here at Amazing Grace, we, we do really pray that you will grow in grace and uh, we will have a closing prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word that has so much truth, so much life, and feeds us to the very depths of our soul like nothing else does. Please bless the, the listeners who um, hear this program and just guide us, we pray, until next time. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah, so may the love of, the, of God the Father and the grace of the Lord Jesus and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. And we will um, share some more thoughts again next time. God bless for now from Amazing Grace.